Aloha kumihana kako, e no mako, i kamaluniu, o hele moa, o vau, o matu lakumber, e a kou, kana o Aaron Salah, and e a no o Manu, boy. Aloha kako. Kami a kipa, he kana kaulana, he kumu, kula no hoi, he kumu ole roho vai, kana kano e au no hoi. And so to all of our alumni out there, you're going to be hearing sounds in the background because there's always new developments and lots of hana happening here at Royal Hawaiian Center at Helumoa. Get your grove on. <laughs> so aloha kako. So pihe, doki hava o mane. Kamailiao o Keeping it pono. So keeping it pono. So we're really here to celebrate Mahina Walala Hawaii. And um, it, it's a special kind of gathering for the three of us because we're all three cultural directors of the Royal Hawaiian Center. And so as Manu was alluding to earlier, there's lots of noise, lots of coloring in the background because we always have things happening here at Helumoa. We're really proud to be products of Hawaii, but also to be a part of her legacy here at Royal Hawaiian Center and sharing that really with Manu, who who is really responsible for um Royal Hawaiian Center. Oh Aaron, you're too kind. Mahalo Anui Kako. And you know, and when we speak Hawaiian and we always try to to Uduhi Mahope to translate after because we want to make sure that everybody feels comfortable with with our um, our speaking. You know, we went to Kamehameha at a time. When I went to Kamehameha back in the day, um, I studied Japanese. Nihongo benkyo shimashita. And uh, and yet, uh, the relevance of Olelo Hawaii, of Mo'omeheu, which is culture, of Meheuheu, tradition, and loina, and all of that is so uh, important to our world right now here at Helumoa, but especially as we uh, celebrate the Laha Nau, of, of Ke'eli Polani and also mark uh, Mahina Olelo Hawaii Hawaiian Language Month. Now there are many people who will argue that every month is Hawaiian Language Month and I agree but February was set aside uh, back in the day and so here we are uh, honoring the, our Olelo Makuahine and I'm so happy to be here with both of you. Manu you talked about Ke'eli Polani and Kelikolani has a real special, you know, uh, attachment uh, because of her relation to Hawaii. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so uh, Ruth Keeli Kolani is a uh, is a cousin of Bernice Kauai, but they were more like sisters because they were they were both raised by Kekua Naua uh, and also Kinau. Um, Keeli Kolani uh, and Pawahi are both uh, granddaughters of uh, Kaoleo Ku and great granddaughters of Kamehameha. And so uh, the thing about Ruth Keeli Kolani, however, is that because they were so different looking, you know, because Pawahi was very uh, stylish and, and very, um, you know, and, and, and just the body beautiful and lots of um, uh, beautiful clothes and what have you. Although Ruth Keeli Kolani, she loved her, her fashion as well, but she was big and she was often teased by, by foreigners who came into Hawaii who didn't understand who she was. And because she was so big and, and she kind of spoke with kind of a nasal uh, tone because of she had some ihu, filikia, 
uh, that they really didn't know who she was until they found out that she was the largest landowner in Hawaii at a, at a particular time in history. So, but the thing about Ruth Ke'eli Kolani that for our uh, Kamehameha alumni, and we all should know, is that if it, if it were not for uh, Princess Ruth Ke'eli Kolani, there would be no Kamehameha school. So because she went to fight in probate court for the lands that, that uh, belonged to both Kamehameha IV and Kamehameha V, and, uh, and they both passed away, and their father, uh, Kekuanaua, still held those lands, and she had to fight for those lands, and she won in probate court. So when that happened, and she dies in 1883, and so uh, she wills all of her land to her Kaikaina, uh, and she refers to Bernice Pawahi Bishop as her Kaikaina, or younger sibling of the same sex. That's how we say that in Hawaiian. Kaikua Ana, older sibling of the same sex, and what have you. <clears throat> but if it were not for Ruth Ke'eli Kolani, there would be no Kamehameha. 360,000 acres of land that she won in probate court. Uh, most of those lands were on Hawaii Island. But these lands right here in Waikiki at Helumoa are among the, the acreage that, that, that add into that uh, 360,000 acres. But for, again, for our, for our graduates, for our um, fellow uh, Kamehameha alumni, uh, you need to understand that 99% uh, of the revenue generated to educate our Lahui and to also be leaders in our community is generated from 1% of, of, of the land. And this particular center, built in 1978, 79, 1980, uh, became known as the, the crown jewel of Bishop Estate, or Kamehameha Schools. It was not meant to be a beautiful cultural gathering place at all. It was just the concrete blocks <clears throat> that were meant to uh, to generate revenue, and, and, it, and it did for years and years and years and years. So, Manu, you talked about Royal Hawaiian Center being these these concrete buildings, right? And and at that time in the 70s, it really was about um, structure and stamina and strength, and that was the architecture of the time. Yeah. But in 2007, uh, 2007, when you came to Royal Hawaiian Center, you were all in the midst of a, a really large renovation of rethinking what the center meant to Hawaii's legacy, what the center meant to Waikiki and Hawaii. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so there's two things I think that uh, Royal Hawaiian Center represents the, uh, again, the economic engine of, of Kamehameha Schools or Bishop Estate as it was formerly known. Uh, but it's also the, the, the place or the, the general area, Helumoa, where the will of Bernice Pawahi uh, was, uh, was finalized uh, in 1883. So uh, the idea after the uh, initial construction of Royal Hawaiian Center in 1980 or so, yes, 78, 79, 80, uh, really had nothing to do with culture, nothing to do with anything except making money. And so there was a, a sort of a revolution that occurred around 2000 or 1999 and 2000 at Kamehameha, where they added into their uh, education and economics values. They also added in community and culture, and that changed everything. So that's why we talk about earlier the, um, the, the amount of the vast amount of acreage, especially on Mokuo Keawe, 
on Hawaii Island, where most of Kelly'i Pauai's lands are, they don't generate income. But now Kamehameha, because the values have changed, they spend tons of money to, to reforest and to take care of those lands here. So in 2007, when, or 2005, I guess it was really, when we had a whole new uh, mindset for uh, uh, commercial uh, real estate lands of Kamehameha schools, especially Royal Hawaiian Center, there was a, 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 uh, an out-of-the-box uh, idea to completely redo the center, to open it up, and to create the, the Royal Grove and the one thing that, that, that we have been criticized for for years was uh, deleting the bridge between the second floor, building B, and building C. That made a big difference in retail, but it was done on purpose so that these lands below, and, and you can get, you'll, you'll see the Apua Kehau water feature and the Kaikena Ho'olu Apawahi statue and the landscape. And those lands are set, uh, 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 in the, what we call the Royal Grove, are set aside on purpose. And so also in the Royal Grove is Helumuahale, which is, uh, even after Kamehameha sold the ground lease, but not the land, uh, to a, a, another entity, uh, these, uh, that room, Helumuahale, and the, the Royal Grove are set aside on purpose, in part for you for you, the graduates of Kamehameha schools, that we've had many, many of a fabulous, over the edge <laughs> um, alumni event uh, over here at, at Royal Hawaiian Center. But not just for you, but to help to interpret our heritage, our mana, our ho'oelina, our mo'oku'auhau, our mo'olelo for the world. So there's nowhere else. Everyone is trying to sort of follow our lead but I say, this is not a, a, a well-kept secret. If anybody else wants to do what we're doing, go. But it makes sense because Royal Hawaiian Center continues to be the best destination for shopping, dining, entertainment, and cultural programming oh yeah. Oh yeah. anywhere in Hawaii. <laughs> so get your grove on. <laughs> Welcome. Royal Hawaiian Center. Mahalo. Hi, 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 You know, you alluded to it talking about probate court too um, and parentage, but could you talk a little bit about Kikipoolua? <clears throat> yeah, so uh, this is a thing that it, when you're not in our particular uh, you know, family or in our world, the idea of Poolua or having two fathers is, is not understood at all. Uh, let's go before Ke'ili uh, Polani and let's go to Kamehameha himself. So Kamehameha Ekahi, or uh, Pai'ea Kamehameha, also is, is thought to have two fathers. Kahekiri of Maui and Kalani uh, Kupuapa Ikalani Nui Keoua of Pohala. Same with, uh, and, 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 and how that happens is uh, because of the uh, pre-planned uh, relations among the ali'i that were approved by those above them. Um, you know, if there was a child conceived around the same time, uh, the both fathers were acknowledged, and so that keiki ali'i, again, everything is pre-planned, then inherits the mana and the genealogy of both of them. 
<clears throat> in the case of Ruth Kelly Poletti, her father, Matayo uh, Kekuanao, uh, it shares that uh, designation uh, with Kahalaia. And so, um, you know, it, and, and, and people will say, well, it's either one or the other, you know, just biologically and, and what have you. But uh, uh, in, in the days of, uh, of the Ali'i, uh, throughout the early to mid to the latter part of the 19th century, the Council of Chiefs or the Ali'i or the genealogists were the ones who would acknowledge that. And this is really interesting. Uh, you know, and I, I really didn't think we were going to go there, but thank you, Monty, for, for bringing us there. <clears throat> but as much as, as February 9th, is con uh, 1826, uh, is considered the Lahanau, or the birthday of, of Ruth Keeli Polani, uh, others will say that her birthday was really in June. And, and the reason we know this, and, and she picked, she actually picked her own birthday because that was the birthday of uh, her cousin, uh, Alexander Iolani Liho Liho. But the reason why we know this is because her mother, uh, Ruth Keeli Polani's mother, Kalani Pawahi, died giving birth to Ruth Kelly Polani in June of 1826. So, I mean, you know, at, but we as, 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 uh, as graduates of Kamehameha and as, 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 as friends and all that, we don't have the same kuana ike. We don't have the same worldview or the same values or even the same religion as our kupuna per se. And so we should not judge. And, and one thing about uh, Ruth is that she didn't really care what anybody thought about anything. She really didn't. She was so kupa. Uh, not just Olelo Hawaii. You want to talk to her, you, you learn Hawaiian, and then you come talk to her. Uh, but she was kind of a, but she had, and Pawahi remembers her as being the most kind-hearted, benevolent, beautiful, soft vahine. And yet you look at her and she's just this big vahine pu'i pu'i. Right, very imposing. Yeah. Let, let's talk about you for a little bit. So you, you study Japanese. Right? As a, as a student. Hi, hi, so this. <laughs> <laughs> How did you start yeah. learning? And then, you know, you, there's much kuhilima action as one talks about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, I'll tell you what, if I could just grab a sip of a mukiki, and you can not, not include this part. And if anybody wants to, I have, and, and this is real, boy, honest to God, <laughs> seriously. So I was, I was born at a time. Uh, I went. I was born in, in Waialai, Kahala, and I, I used to hate to even own that before. But Kahala, because it's kind of a you know upscale area. But back in those days, it really wasn't. But that those, those are also Pawahi lands. Uh, but I was raised in Ainahaina and also my grandma's house in Kapahulu. In our house in Ainahaina, we were surrounded by uh, Hawaiian music all the time. And so, and, the, and what we had on our, if you know what a record player is, or stereo, uh, they were, the, the records were Gabi Pahinui, um, Guava Jam, Sunday Manoa, um, Vicky E.E. Rodriguez and family, uh, Palani Vaughn, Don Ho, and, 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 and so on. So, we, and, and my parents both sang for the Prince Kuhio Hawaiian Civic Club. Uh, that was led by our auntie and uncle, Uncle Kihei Brown and Auntie Anuhia Brown. 
And so, you know, the, the idea of Hawaiian language, even back then at, at Kamehameha, it really wasn't a, 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 you know, a big thing. Uh, but we already knew who we were, I would say, you know, just because how we were raised. Um, I was fascinated by my grandma and her, uh, and she's originally from Kohala, from Newly'i Kohala on the Big Island. And my grandfather was born at Ainahau, right over here in Waikiki, at, uh, at the home of his uh, grandfather, Archibald Cleghorn. And so the coming together of the two of them, raising us, um, we, you know, and, and, but, and yeah, no one really spoke Hawaiian in our family at all. It just wasn't. And when I told my grandma I was speaking Japanese at Kamehameha, she was not happy. The only because it was just a thing for them. Learn English. You know, if you want to be successful, learn English, learn English. But long story short, after Kamehameha, I went to the University of Hawaii, and Larry Kimura was my first kumu there. I went right into second year Hawaiian. Uh, and then I was uh, asked politely to leave the university and maybe try community college. And after that, community college told me, why don't you just come back later when you're ready? Because at that time, I was majoring in Sandy Beach. <laughs> but in between the Larry Kimura influence and the Hawaiian music influence in my ear and Uncle Mahi Beamer and, and, uh, and my kumu, uh, Robert Casimero, uh, another uh, person who came into my world that really uh, moved me far along in Olelo Hawaii, was Ile Aloha Benyamina. We were very, very close friends. From the Ihao, she's a class of 1974, graduate of Kamehameha. But I've, I, you know, my, my story is, and I don't want to take too much of your time, but I've, I, luckily, I've been in the right place at the right time. So I'm so grateful to have been here at Helumoa to help with this Kamehameha School asset. I'm so grateful to know my two friends right here, you know, Salah and Makamber, uh, because uh, we are really blessed and, and we are both, I, I, I speak for all of us, so grateful to have also been raised at the right time. Now you have, this is one Kanaka, because I'm, I'm, I'm part Salah also, but uh, tell me about your story. <laughs> This is not about us. <laughs> well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you his story because he, the, who he studied with for his PhD dissertation, is that what you call it? I don't know, cause I, I, I know more. Uncle Mahi Beamer. And Uncle Mahi Beamer and my Kubu, Robert Casimero, and all of our, Randy Fong, and all of our Kamehameha Ohana really shaped us well and prepared us to be able to interpret or reinterpret and embrace our culture here at Helumoa. And so when we hear things like February, February is Hawaiian language month. And we understand that. And it means something here. And I'm so proud that Royal Hawaiian Center continues to honor the tradition and the heritage of our Lahui Kanaka. And it's not just for us to be exclusive, it's for Kakoa Pau. And for all of you graduates, always bring everybody into our story, because our story is not to be only shared with ourselves, it is for everyone. Anolaila, Aloha Pumehana Kakoa Pau Loa.
Aloha. 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 Mahalo.